according to the shepherd's hand the valley you just came through was hard to understand then the shepherd draws you closer there's something he wants you to see and he points back to the valley and unfolds its mysteries as the eagles soar around you and you look back on where you've been one by Take your Bible today in the book of John. We can continue our series in the book of John entitled, Why Christianity is Special. Well, I'm sorry we missed the rapture. (laughs) Either that or we're in a lot of deep hurt. 
you catch my drift. I do not say that lightly. It's it's so uh, it's frightening how people can jump on the bandwagon of of these things, and and I have been studying the Bible for forty some years, and I am not seen the mathematical equation by which you multiply a certain set of numbers to get a certain figure to fit into your equation. And so uh, I just, I'm either sorry I missed it or I'm glad it didn't take place. But now it's going to. But no man knoweth the hour. And we've had date setters ever since Adam and Eve. And Jesus warned us not to be drawn astray with these date setters. You know, the Jehovah's Witness said that, uh, well, let's go on. In your Bible to the book of John, chapter number 13. I thought I would uh, entitle the message this morning around probably a statement you've heard over and over in your life. Don't ever say never. Some of we older folk can uh, identify with that statement. Have you ever said, I will never do that? How long did it take you to do it? I will never, never, never do such and such. I will never get married again. And again. And again. The Bible says in verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me 
thrice. Lord, I will never. Now, them other guys, I can't speak for them. But, Lord, I will never, never deny thee. Lord, I will lay down my life with thee. Lord, I'm willing to be imprisoned for me, for thee. I will never, never do that. I will not backslide. I will not deny thee, Lord. Never, never, never would I do that. Do you know the text is 12 hours before our Lord going to Calvary and there laying down his life for all of us. 12 hours away and our Lord is going to die for the one he knows is going to deny him. Better yet. He's going to die in 12 hours for all of those he knows will deny him. Lord, I will never, never do that. Do you know that this is one of the few examples in the word of God where it's mentioned in all four of the gospels? Do you have time this morning for me to share with you those four situations in the Gospels. The Gospels for you is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four of our Lord's disciples write into the same events from a different personality or a different perspective. Lest you and I please go from John backwards. Let's go to Luke chapter 22 for just a minute. You say, well, preacher, I'll come to hear you preach. No, you should have come to hear the word of God. Because my commentation of this is not near as precious as the real thing. In Luke chapter number 22, we find the same event witnessed by Dr. Luke. And he says this in verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, I don't think you need any comments on that. That sounds kind of bad to me. You know what I'm talking about? Verse 32, Jesus says, but I have prayed for thee. That thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready. That sounds like a Baptist, don't it? Today I'm ready, tomorrow I ain't ready. This morning I'm ready, but tonight at 6.30 I won't be ready. When you're in a hospital laying on your bed, Lord, if you'll get me out of here, I'm ready to start tithing. Amen. 
Uh, we get out of the hospital, everything all right, Lord, I, my ready ain't working yet. Lord, I am ready. I like that. To go with thee, both into prison and to death. And all the brethren standing by says, Amen, Pete. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the crock, the crock, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. That thou knowest me. Never, never, don't ever say never. I will never experience divorce. I will never go in debt so far that I think and pray about bankruptcy. I will never, 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 don't you dare, never, don't you ever say never. Going backward now, we'll stop off at Mark, if you would please. Mark chapter 14. In your Bible to the book of Mark, chapter number 14. And uh, please now follow along. I'm just trying to help you a little bit today. In chapter 14 and verse 27. Now, let's look at the servant Mark and see how he viewed the conversation in the upper room after the initiation of the Lord's Supper, one of the most spiritual highs of all their life. Listen to the servant Mark as he describes the conversation. Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter, quick, quick Peter. Oh, Peter's quick on the draw, ain't he? But Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, these other ten that is left, plus Judas that now has left, all of them are not equally as mature spiritually as I am. I tithe. I go to church. Lord, I'm not like my neighbor. I will never fall in that trap. But Peter said to them, although it shall, all shall be offended, yet will not I. Have you ever said, not I? I've heard a lot of knotheads say, not I. I might have even been a knothead once in a while and said, not I. 
That'll never camp at my doorstep. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow thrice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Look at verse number 31. But he spake the more vehemently. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. And the other ten said, Amen. You notice how quiet it gets when you read the word of God. See, you can't get mad at me yet. See, I haven't said anything. And all of you, some of you already mad. Matthew chapter 26 now, if you would please. You say, preacher, the reason I'm mad is you're going backwards. (laughs) Come on now. Matthew 26 Matthew, the tax collector, writes another perspective, and he set in on the conversation. In verse 31, then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. Peter, James, and John, Bartholomew, all of them, All of you shall be offended this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Verse 33. Quick on the draw, Pete. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. There's that word, never. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, This night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me. If I'd have been Peter, I'd have killed every rooster in town. I'd have put a contract out on every crowing individual in that place. I preached a sermon years ago, you might remember it, entitled, Don't Kill the Rooster. The conscience that is trying to woo you back. Into the presence and love of Jesus. The conscience that's turning within. That makes us feel uncomfortable. Someone has described the conscience as a three-cornered object. Turning around and around in our being. And the more it turns, the rounder the corners get. And the more it turns, the less it hurts. 
How many of God's people have killed a rooster? Now their heart is hard. The preaching that used to bring a tear. The songs that used to bring a shout. The amens used to roll. And now all we do is watch our clock knowing that the ball game's about to start. Somebody's killed the rooster in your life. Whatever you do, don't kill the rooster. The rooster reminds us of God's love and grace. The rooster reminds us of God's omnipotence and omniscience and omnipresence. And the rooster is there to remind us. Jesus said, Peter, I've got a reminder. I've got a, a, I've got a, a something that is going to bring to mind what you've done. Would you please be so kind to take your Bible? I'd like to read you a portion of scripture out of 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'd like to read you something. Jesus warns the disciples here that all shall be offended because of his death. In Matthew 26 and 31, Jesus reminds the disciples and warns them against overconfidence, self-sufficiency, independence from God Almighty. And Jesus is warning his disciples, you must be careful. Because sometimes we can get so overconfident in ourselves. And overconfidence is dangerous. I read for you, if y'all could please, chapter 10 and verse 1. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be, for I hurt somebody's feelings. Tell me what the next word is, please. Now, I did not call you ignorant. You said that. Ignorant is not stupid. Ignorant is uninformed. Ignorant is not knowing. Paul here is right into this Corinthian church and said, Brethren, my desire is that you would not meet God ignorant of what God would have you to do. I would not have you ignorant as to why The book has been written. I would not have you ignorant why I have a rooster out back, Peter. I don't want you ignorant of that. And he says and goes on, How that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. And all did drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them, 
God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples. You got that? These things, what transpired in the wilderness, what happened to Moses, what happened to the children of Israel, what happened was examples for us. Oh, dear Lord, I wish I could get that across. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things. As they also lusted. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Has God ever described a generation more amply than this one that we're living in today? Eat, drink, and play. Work to play. Play is idolatry, according to that. When play become before God, we become idolaters. And God overthrew that crowd. That is an example to us. Well, it won't happen to me and my family. Why? You got chrome toenails? Your belly button 14 karat gold or something? It won't happen to you? Well, I know what I'm doing. Peter did too. I'm sincere. Peter was too. That will never happen to me, my wife, and my kids. My sermon title today, Don't Ever Say Never. Can you read it? I wish you could believe it. How many sad stories do I hear in my study? How many a year ago was happy and every time they touched one another, tingles went off in their body. Chill bumps running up and down their back as if it was a small racetrack. Preacher, that will never happen to us. These are examples. The Bible. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Is there anybody here today who believes the Bible? Yes. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. I wonder if God killed every fornicator in Joshua today if there'd be any funerals tomorrow. Preacher, I don't understand what fornication is. Then quit it. If you don't know what it is, surely you're not enjoying it. He told me to say that. 
You say, preacher, are you going to start preaching? No, I'm just reading right now. So I don't, can we read a little? Now, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Oh, that's the God of love. Same God. Same God you hear on channel 58, 25, 32, BR549, whatever you're listening to. The same God that loves us is the same God that is just. And the God that is loving and the God that is just cannot treat Hitler in the same manner. They would treat Billy Graham. That's just. That's justice. The Bible goes on to say, Neither murmur ye. Whoop, that's a Baptist word. As some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, all these things happen unto them for examples And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. That is the King James Version of my sermon title today, Never Say never. Don't ever say never. Peter said, I won't. The disciples said, I won't. And just one night later, let me tell you, share with you some things I think that Peter had a problem in. And would that be all right? Now, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about this fellow who said, I never will deny you. I will go in prison with you. I will die with you. I will never, never deny thee. I think, first of all, Brother Peter, are you ready? Was very, very impulsive. He acted on impulse instead of advice. He acted on the spur of the moment. Uh, Yes, sir, when the song was sung and the preaching was done and everybody was shouting praise God and hallelujah, down the aisle, Pete came and said, buddy, I'm in for the long run. We have a stewardship meeting and Peter leaves. It's not time to pray. You folk that ain't giving can look up. Impulsive. Do you know anybody who is impulsive? Who acts in the spur of the moment? 
you know anybody like that? You see, I, 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 as I read my Bible, Peter was impulsive when he compares himself to the other disciples. Why should Peter compare himself to the other disciples? God only called one Peter. God is going to use Peter. And Peter needs to watch his attitude because if he's not careful, he's going to disqualify himself by comparing himself to John, who is the disciple of love. To James, who is going to be the pastor of the First Baptist Church at Jerusalem. To Paul, who's going to evangelize the whole world. (laughs) Do you know anybody who is impulsive, walks around comparing himself. He was impulsive when he boasted he would die for Christ. Peter, don't you think you ought to think about this a minute? Blood, cat of nine tails, crown of thorns. Pete, read Isaiah 53, Psalms 22. Pete, before you say that, read the book. Preacher, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Well, I didn't know I had to be faithful. (laughs) Peter's problem and most teenage problems is in their youth. They respond impulsive. Did you say you love me? I told you I love you. Well, let's get in the back seat. And I'll tell you I love you back there. How many young lives has been ruined because of impulsive action on the part of young people? All because mom and dad hadn't got time to tell them about the birds and the bees and tell them about abstinence and tell them about uh, uh, being holy and tell them about being pure for Christ and tell them that God can do it. You don't have to give in to that. Peter's problem is he was impulsive. He was very impulsive when he begins to uh, tell Christ he would never, never die. Another time when Peter was impulsive is when he saw Christ walking on the water. Did he not? He was impulsive. You say he walked. Yeah, but he fell. He sunk. Lord, is that you? Sure, it's me. If that be you, bid me come unto thee on the water. Come, bang, and he walked. And the first wave that hit him in the face. Hello. The first time somebody said no to him at church. The first time in your impulsiveness, you come to me or brother Jim and say, I want to do this. And Jim says, I don't think you're ready. Bloop, bloop, bloop. You begin to sink because you acted in impulse instead of out of biblical knowledge and wisdom and leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Peter was impulsive. He was impulsive at the Mount of Transfiguration when there before he and John, Jesus was glorified 
And the humanity of Christ was peeled back and the glory of God shone through. Pete just had to say something. You know what he said? This is earth shaking. It's good to be here. Peter, shut your impulsive mouth. You loud mouth, boisterous, sincere Christian. Shut up! Think about it before you say it. Think about it before you do it. Are you sure you mean I do? That's not a pair of shoes you try on and then take it back if they don't fit. Before you whisper sweet nothing to somebody else's wife, think about it. Before you get on the internet and start pouring your very being into filth and into looking at some tramp, think about it. I can handle it. You're an idiot. Tenfold, ten carat idiot. You say, well, I'll not come back. I don't like being called an idiot. Well, I wasn't talking to you. Jesus stands up and lays aside his garments and girts himself with a towel. There to give a tremendous lesson for all the history. And what does Pete say? You ain't washing my feet. I'll rest my case. Peter, I'm going to go die in just a few hours. Oh, no, you're not. If you have one ounce of impulsiveness in your being, get it out. Don't act, don't talk, don't do on an impulse. I feel led of the Lord. Really? How does that feel? I've been preaching now for 45 plus years. Please tell me how it feels to be led of the Lord. I think Peter must have authored the book entitled Hoof and Mouth Disease. The Bible said, take heed. Anybody here today willing to take heed? Take heed before you say it. Take heed before you do it. Take heed before you act. Take heed before you react to how somebody has acted. 
Take heed, dear people, before you promise something you cannot fulfill. Take heed. Please, oh dear God, help us to take heed that we don't ever say never realizing that we're just flesh. Realizing that we're all weak. Realizing we're all feeble. Realizing we're all just a dab impulsive like Brother Peter. Maybe that's why we identify with him so much. Not only was he impulsive, Brother Peter was uh, impatient. I want it! And I want it now. Nobody in this church is that way. I know that. Jesus said, Peter, where I go, you cannot know. You cannot go. Later, you can go. Peter said, I want to go now. Why can't I go now? If you are impatient, more than likely, you're headed for a tremendous fall. Always, Pete was always the first to respond. He wants to go now. I think we need to buy it now. But honey, we're broke. Then what will it matter? We're already in deep water. Well, honey, have you ever heard about treading water? Well, I don't understand why they can't forget it now. I I don't understand why forgiveness is not now, immediately. After all, I've not done anything that 10,000 other folks ain't done, including David, Samson. Delilah, Leroy, Abernathy, and Smojo. All of them have done it. I want forgiveness now. I want reconciliation now. I want everything to be like it was back then now. Do you know anybody like that? You know why Peter fell? Peter fell because Peter was full of Peter. Absolutely, totally, everything revolved around Brother Pete. We need to take heed. Lest like Peter, we fall away from our Lord And then we fall into sin. And then we'll fall into a life of deep regret. 
he was as sure as the world. He was just impulsive. He was impatient. And I don't know a lot of folks, if it ain't fixed now, I'm going to do something else. Now listen, you're going to say I'm talking to you. You're probably right. If it took you all those years to mess it up, why in God's name do you think it can be fixed now? It can be fixed, but it's going to take time. You not do it by being impulsive, by reacting to how somebody acts, or being impatient. Peter fell because he was impulsive, impatient, and lastly, he was inconsistent. Matthew 33, let me read it for you. And uh, according to my watch, which is a several hundred dollar iPhone that does not belong to me. But according to Brother Archer's iPhone, it's 1121, just about done. Do you know anybody who is impatient, impulsive. If you know anyone who is impulsive and impatient, I'll show you a bird that is inconsistent because he's ruled by his emotions. No standard. No same yesterday, same today, and same tomorrow. But just according to which pen pricks him or her determines how they act, how they love, how they hate. Peter was inconsistent. Let me show you Matthew chapter verse 26. I want to show you a vast amount of difference. Verse 33, look at this if you would please. Verse 33, he said, Though all men shall offend because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Verse 35, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all his disciples. Don't that sound good? Look at verse 40. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto them, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Got willing to die and go to prison, not able to pray for an hour.
inconsistency. Verse 33 says, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I not be offended. Verse 58. But Peter followed him afar off. <laughs> be kind of hard to listen to old Pete preach, wouldn't it? How would you women like to marry an inconsistent impulsive, impatient, imperfect, inconsistent kind of guy. You can believe old Pete when he says, till death do us part. Because old Pete willing to die for Jesus. He feels the Lord moving in his life. Moving is not a feeling. Moving is a fact. Serving God might result in a feeling, but a feeling is not the reason to serve God. It's not a reason to make decisions. It's not a reason to put your testimony on the line. It's not a reason to put your character out there. Emotions is something that is a blessing, but it is not the leadership of God. Willing to die one hour, willing to be in prison in one hour, denying Jesus the next hour. Willing to fight for him, verse 51, falling afar off in 58. Draws his sword out and cuts Malchus' ear off for all to see in verse 51 and stared like a little rabbit in verse 58. Willing to preach behind the pulpit and afraid to go soul winning. On fire today, cold as an iceberg tomorrow. Church on Sunday, honky tonk on Saturday night. Let it all hang out for the glory of God. You don't spell church Billy Bob's. You are a Billy Bobber. You will be a Benny user, wazer, used to be her pretty soon. God knows. My brother, you take a pistol and shoot me between the eyes. Just think my son Andrew would think I'd take a drink of alcohol. Just shoot me now. I'm not ever going to say I'll never, but for 46 years, I have not. (laughs) Can your kids say that? Inconsistency. All because of impatience and impulsiveness. Pray for the sick. And when you're sick, you're willing to go to God in prayer. But when you're well, all you want to do is play and not pray. It's 1127. Now, Peter was impulsive. He was 
impatient and he was inconsistent. But could I close with this? Peter had his inquisition. You know, I looked in the dictionary. I thought that was a big word. I didn't know what it meant. But I needed an eye to close this thing out. Because since these guys have gone off to seminary, a sermon is not of God if all the points are not homiletical. Impatient, imperfect, inconsistent, now impoverished. Impoverished. Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he spake, the cock crew. Verse 22 and verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, the judge of all eternity, did not have to say one thing. He turned and looked at Peter. It was not a glance. It was a look of torment, anguish, brokenness, And our Lord turned to an impulsive, imperfect, impatient, inconsistent one of us. And he looked. Now, I don't have to say anything to Andrew. I can look at Andrew and he can say, I am in a world of hurt. Jim's not my kid, but he is pretty close. And I can be on the platform and something go wrong with the organ or the PA set. And I look at Jim and he automatically says, staff meeting. (laughs) I don't have to say anything. You, You get my drift. Daddy, you can do it. Mama, you can do it. Granddaddy, grandmama, you can do it. But there ain't nobody can do it like Jesus. And he turned to this impulsive like us. Huh? Come on now. Impatient like us. Hmm? Inconsistent like us. And he looked. And Peter remembered. The word of the Lord. How he said unto him before the cock crow. Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out. And wept. Bitterly. This book 
when it's preached to us, it ought to cause the same emotion because we fall so short every day, do we not? Something's wrong with us when we can sit under the preaching of God's word and say, boy, he's given them a fit today. I wish old so-and-so is here. This is for him. Peter had no doubt who our Lord was looking at. He had no doubt who that rooster crowed for. And he went out and wept bitterly. And that is why Christ died on the cross. To forgive people like me and Peter who is impulsive, who is impatient, who's inconsistent. And if you can look at Calvary without tears coming to your eyes, you need to come back because the first trip didn't work. And Peter went out and wept bitterly.